welcome to Life Coaching on the Move. I'm your host, Dawn Fisk, coach, trainer, podcaster, speaker, all sorts of things. Um, Welcome to this week's episode, which is just before Christmas in 2020, so this is just pre-COVID Christmas. Um, Today, it's more about the big picture. It's more about resilience, coping, um, and getting through. I hope it's motivational, it's reassuring, and I hope it helps. But it's not so much uh, practical or theoretical today, it's less about being a coach, it's more about being a human being. And everything that I say today, I mean from the bottom of my heart. Um, Not that I don't normally, I do. (laughs) But more so today than ever before. Um... I genuinely mean it when I say you can contact me over the Christmas period by dropping me an email and I will get back to you. Uh, So if you are by yourself and you have no one to reach out to, then you do, you do, you have me. So drop me an email, dawn at milestone-coaching.co.uk and I will get back to you. If you're new to this, by the way, there is a whole host of previous episodes. There are a good 70 plus episodes, um, all sorts of subjects. So um, this could be one thing that you could listen to over the Christmas break if you've just discovered it. Um, I suggest that you go to the first few, first 10 episodes first rather than go backwards to the last weeks and the week before, etc. Because it makes more sense. The first 10 sort of lay out the whole whole platform of my coaching approach, really. Um, So start there. Um, I'm not going to chat anymore other than to say if you're still looking for gift vouchers for Christmas for you, you could treat yourself for two coaching sessions or three coaching sessions at a reduced fee or for a loved one. And please drop me a line on the uh, email again or the website www.milestone-coaching.co.uk and you'll find them there and how to contact me in order to sort the transaction. Um, Also, there are some workshops in January if you're thinking ahead past Christmas and sorting things out in your life. There's a life skills and confidence workshop starting first week in January and there's also a stress management workshop starting first week in January in the evenings, British summertime and um, over a few weeks. So if you want to, that's also on the website. And there are also some online courses that you can download and do at home by yourself and own yourself and revisit as often you want and go at your own pace as well if you're looking to study. Then they're there, all on the website. I'm going to crack on now um, and tackle this week's emotive subject just before the COVID Christmas. Take care and um, I hope it's helpful. Phew, well, where do you start really? Uh, Where do I start on today's podcast? Um, Today, at the time of recording this, it is December the 20th, 2020. Um, We yesterday had all of the, here in the UK, and I'm very conscious that not everybody is in the UK who are listening. I'm also very conscious that it may not be December the 20th when you're listening to this in 2020. It may be in a year or two's time. But I do think these are valuable um, thoughts anyway, uh, no matter what the time and no matter what the place. So stick with me. But um, I'm not entirely sure where to start because we are just reeling from all the news yesterday with the government addressing us and 
talking about the new variant in the COVID um, infection and how very, very uh, infectious it is and how instances have gone up so much and the situation has changed so drastically that they therefore have taken the decision that it is essential that we review uh, how we're living and lots of tier three people are now going into tier four in the UK and they cannot mix at all, they cannot leave tier four and they're virtually in proper lockdown. Whereas the remaining part of the UK, well, certainly in England, I know it's different for Scotland and for Wales and Northern Ireland, but um, for England, at least, um, we are all having our Christmas now reduced down to one day only. Um, so for many, many people, they're trying to digest this change. They're trying to come to terms with it and they're trying to um, handle it. And I realise that a lot of people are very upset by it, very frustrated. Um, not everybody, though. Um, so I'm about to sort of contradict a lot of what I've said in previous episodes in terms of resilience and achieving your goals and coping and uh, progressing and moving forward. Because in the past, and I, this is still true, when we're taking on a large project or we're pushing ourselves and we're working towards stretch goals and uh, those stretch goals are not usually very easy. They're usually quite challenging. That's why they're stretch goals and they're usually really, really worthwhile pursuing. That's why we're pursuing them. Um, but they don't always come easily. Um, and so I've, I recommend with clients and with, with myself um, that we one way to tackle that is to not see the big picture, not to see and focus on the end goal, because that looks a long way away and it looks from at the beginning quite, quite untouchable, unreachable, um, almost impossible. Uh, for me, here I'm thinking about when I trained for my marathon, it seemed a mammoth task. Um, it seemed such a long way away and so virtually impossible for me to do. And, and the self-doubt and the insecurities and uh, the moments where I wanted to give up and I couldn't do it and what if I can't do it and this is just too big and why am I, why am I doing this? And all of those questions, because I was looking at the big picture or when, I, when we were training for the, 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 the ultra marathon that we walked over a weekend and we repeated it several times actually, we loved it so much, but at the time it seemed such a big task to take on or the fundraising or the training and the event itself. So very, very, very much work with clients and myself on not focusing on the big picture, but instead focusing on just mini goals. Just look at, break it down into mini goals. So for example, with the marathon, I was running, uh, um, following a training plan, a downloaded training plan from the internet that suggested it, it looked at how many runs a week you could achieve, where you were at at the moment, what you were currently able to do, whether it was couch to marathon, or whether you were already achieving certain distances and certain speeds. So it would adjust and tailor your plan according to what you were able to do at the moment. And then it would look at the end date, i.e. the marathon date, and work back from that. And it would put together a training plan for you so that on Sunday the 1st you would do this distance um, and 
Wednesday the 5th or whatever it was, you would uh, tackle this distance and you would keep pushing it a little bit further and then rein it back and taper a bit and recover and then push it a bit further and you would build and build and build on your successes. So you would slowly build your muscles, slowly build your ability, slowly build your confidence and your speed and your distance and your strength and all of that would come bit by bit. You didn't suddenly sign up for a marathon and go off and do it. So it was long-term plan, bite-sized bits, building on your successes. And that is so true of so many things in life, whether it's setting up a business, writing a book, trying to get fit, trying to lose weight, um, all sorts of things. So many things, actually, that you might or might not be trying to achieve. That's often the way a big project, um, learning a skill, it's a bit at a time, build on your successes. Don't look at the end goal, look at the bite-sized chunks. Build your confidence up, build your self-belief up, congratulate yourself and celebrate your mini goals and your successes along the way. And enjoy that path, enjoy those steps as much as the end point, just as much, if not more, actually. Uh, because sometimes the actual end point can be deflating um, and quite disappointing because now what? There's that feeling of, well, I've done that, now what? And there can be a real come down sometimes. So it's really, really important to enjoy the whole process. However, hmm, now we've got a completely different situation, most of us, well, all of us, no matter what country you're living in, you, you are going through COVID lockdowns and restrictions and things like that. Um, and so suddenly, just a few days before Christmas, our plans have been changed for us. So there's an element, in a sense, of us feeling out of control because it's been decided for most of us. Um, we thought we were allowed to do X, Y and Z. It's now the goalposts have changed. So we've got to review everything. So there is a, a, a big feeling amongst most of us humans of being out of control. Um, but I think one of the ways of handling that is to here uh, uh, in this scenario is to understand the big picture on that. Why? Why it has to be done. It's not a political thing. It's not a conservative government thing. It's not a policy thing. It's a COVID thing. And um, I don't think it would matter what party was running the country at the time. They would take the same decision. They may have done it in a different way. They may have done it at a different time. But they were basing it all on the science on Friday that came through from all the scientists and they made the decision they had to make. Um, so I don't think this is a party politics thing at all. I think this is an essential thing and it's about safety and the economy and our health and the NHS and all of the big picture. So yes, we're, we're struggling perhaps because we feel out of control, but let's look at, as I have said in previous um, podcasts, let's look at what is in your control. We always feel better when we look at what we, we, can, um, we can affect or influence. And there will be things you can affect and influence. We are, most of us, still allowed to go outside. And so for us, with our Christmas, it will be meeting a friend or a relative um, and doing more than we normally do. We may travel further, go, go to a river and take a flask of coffee, <laughs> that makes it sound old, and some nibbles or a snack or something, and just see them. Uh, we're allowed to do that, we're outside, we get some exercise, we're in nature, we get to see a loved one, and 
the dogs have done, etc. Um, and so that is something that is in our control. And so we can do that over the whole of the Christmas break. We can do it with different family members, different places, maybe go down to the beach, the coast, drive a little bit, um, go down um, to wherever we're allowed to go, look at all of the rules and follow the rules, etc. Um, it deeply disturbed me when I saw the news last night that despite being told not to travel out of tier four, the train stations were packed. It, it was just, just despair because I think what we need to do in order to come to terms with this is completely the opposite to what I normally say, which is on this occasion, I think we need specifically to look at the big picture and the end point. Whereas with the setting up the business or writing the book or the marathon training or whatever, I say, don't focus on that, focus on the mini bite-sized goals. Here I'm saying to override this issue, to be able to get through Christmas and make the best of it, to be able to get through the winter and the bleakness, to be able to get through the uncertainty and the worries, to be able to get through this challenging time and lockdowns and the economic struggles and whether you're furloughed or whatever, made redundant and not got a job and everything. To be able to get through all of those difficulties that we're facing, I think the reverse is true now. We do need to look at the end point, the end goal, in order to stay sane and hopeful and to know why we're doing these mini things. Uh, because this will not last forever. If we keep telling ourselves we will come out of this, there is an end goal, there is an end point of this. There will be a time when COVID is pretty much behind us. And there will come a time when we can get on with our lives again. And there will come a time when we can see our family freely and go to the pub and concerts and the gym and shows and theatres and on trains and on holidays and lie by pools and get on planes. And, you know, we can do all of that. There will come a time we can do that. And if we keep focusing on the end point, I think I remember saying on a podcast I was reading... Um, a book by a survivor of Auschwitz and he survived by he kept going in his mind to the end point that one day he would walk on a particular beach with his wife again um, you know he kept looking at the end point not the struggling and the awfulness and the suffering that he was in, in the, at that time but he kept focusing on an end better point now that end goal that we're all striving for, that we're all hopeful for, that we're all desperate for, will come sooner if we don't do what happened in the train stations last night. Um, I actually feel for some people that that was a really foolish thing to do and, and actually stupid and selfish um, because who knows whether they are positive at the moment. A third of cases at the moment are asymptomatic how do they know they've not just got on the train and gone to their loved ones and they've taken an extra little christmas present with them how do we know that i hope there aren't negative consequences for what they did um we and that's because people are thinking about the short-term goal the short-term goal for them is christmas got to see family got to see this christmas if we think about the long-term goal, which is get this behind us once and for all, get this over for good, 
we would stop doing those things and we would all, this is an opportunity, and I have said this from the beginning, schools are shut now, universities are closed, students are all home, we're all back um, safe in theory. Uh, businesses largely will close. Most people will be off over the Christmas unless it's retail um, and the NHS. Thank the Lord for the NHS. Um, so we have got the chance. We could have really put a circuit breaker in here and really, really brought BR down, really nip this in the bud and come out of Christmas so much healthier, so much safer with far less cases by having three households together for five days, we were almost certainly heading for a massive lockdown for January, February, March. Economic struggles, um, huge instances and huge loss of lives and an overwhelm of the NHS. And, and, and some of us will have lost loved ones because of that. Lost them forever, not just for Christmas, not just for a few days where we can't have a glass of wine with them and give them a hug. And yes, I know that's hard. I keep thinking back to, <laughs> I'm not old and I wasn't around in the Second World War, but the Second World War, we tested our spirit and we've got real spirit. We've got real strength. We have it in us. We are survivors. We are strong and stoic and we can get through this. But I think we have become, and I think largely because of the media, the media is feeding this all the time. When you listen to the wording and the language that the media use, they are feeding our brains with negativity all the time. Tighter restrictions, lockdown and all the rest. It's, it's not lockdown, it's staying at home safe. We, even the language that we're using is feeding anyone that's prone to negativity, anyone that's prone to pessimism, or is genuinely just struggling and feeling very low and very isolated and difficult and struggling and you know down at the moment the media and the language they're using is just feeding that all of last week they were going on and on and on about you know what was this going to do to the economy in january february march um, and that the government should review this etc the moment the government reviewed it and announced that it was changing and it was much um it, it, you know, Christmas was changed drastically, etc., and they were making the right decisions for the medical research. They changed it totally. The whole language changed to tighter restrictions, and people can't go anywhere in tier four, um, and they're really seriously locked in and locked down, and so on and so on, just feeding the negativity. Um, and they had managed to, I think, find. Um, a particular person that is struggling she's really struggling she's terminally ill they interviewed her this morning they'd found her because this is almost certainly going to be her last Christmas and she was emotional and very upset and absolutely understandably so and she's very upset because she can't see her sister now and her sister is a hundred miles away and the, the, the gifts are under the Christmas tree and this may be her last Christmas and I really really feel for her and the media particularly chose her to bring us all down to, to, to it's all it's for them they changed their tune from everything they were saying last week to yet again drag us all down all of that is doing is making us feel more depressed more angry it's it's breeding anger it's breeding frustration it's breeding poor mental health it's feeding all of that um 
What we need to do instead, I feel, is concentrate on the end point. And the end point is that we get over this, that we are no longer living like this, that life can return to normal. That's what we all want. And we all want to be able to do that, i.e. we all want to survive this, all of our loved ones, with our loved ones, so that we've got another 10, 15, 20, 30 Christmases with them, instead of this short-term loss, which is one Christmas, a few days. So if we could just look at the big picture, that big picture will come far, far, far sooner if we take some long-term, uh, some short-term losses. In the Second World War, no one knew how long the war was gonna go on for. They didn't know where their young loved ones were, whether they were alive, whether they were safe, whether they were injured, when they would be back, if they'd be back, whether we'd survive the war, would we win the war, would we be okay, what would happen, what was the outcome gonna be? Huge uncertainty and terror and fear. But we got through that. And we will get through this. We just need to be tougher. We need to stop listening to all the negativity on the press and feeding that and pull together and make some short-term losses in order to gain hugely in the end, to defeat this. And it is a battle, it is a war, it's just against an invisible enemy, um, but we are having to fight it and celebrate the successes. The successes have been phenomenal progress in science, phenomenal progress in care. The, the doctors and nurses have done an amazing job and they are learning all the time and the care is changing all the time and getting better and better and better. The treatments are coming through. They're sharing their uh, best practice and their experience and their findings. They're sharing across the world. Scientists are pulling together. We're not in competition with other world uh, countries to be the first to get the vaccine. We're all, all the scientific communities are pulling together so that worldwide we can come out of this. The competition has gone. It's humanity that's coming and winning through. We have got to celebrate that. The nurses and the doctors and the, the bus drivers, the delivery people, the retail um, staff, the manufacturing staff, the teachers, all of those people are, are facing this. They're coping with this. They're facing it head on and getting us through this. All we have to do is stay safe and do some Zoom things and have a glass of wine with our loved ones on Zoom and watch some comedy over the uh, Christmas period to cheer us up and do Zoom quizzes or go out if we can, if we're allowed, and meet a friend or a loved one for a walk or um, catch them on Zoom and just make the best of what we can do and pull together, knowing that if we do that, we will defy this so, so much quicker, that we won't go into such economic downturn and struggles because we will nip this in the bud while the schools are home and we're all at home safe together. That big end goal, those holidays, those theatre trips and normality will come so much sooner if we all just do what we're asked to do. Um, the vaccine too, that's thrown us all into disarray. There's loads of media coverage about that, that people are refusing the vaccine and they're fearful. And I understand that too. I understand all sides of all of these things that people do want to see their loved ones and they are isolated and they are lonely. I understand that, but it's short term. This, this doesn't have to be five or six years as we got through before. This could be months. 
the vaccine is on the horizon. Um, the treatment's improving. We've just got to take this for a few months. Um, so the vaccine has put people into um, split camps as well. Some people are refusing to, to take it. Um, the, again, the media were out in the streets the other day saying in, that many people are refusing um, or saying they will refuse the vaccine. Uh, especially, apparently, the media was saying, especially in the BAME community, uh, there's a high percentage of um, BAME community saying they won't take it. And they were out on the streets interviewing people and they interviewed one chap um, I couldn't see his face. I don't know wh where he was from. Um, his back was turned to the camera, but he was saying he wouldn't take the vaccine. And the interviewer said, why? Can I ask why? And he said, because well, they're going to put microchips in us. <laughs> and they, the interviewer said, can I ask where you got that from? Uh, well, Instagram. Um, what I would say about this is, of course, we're all nervous. Um, that again is understandable. I'm nervous because of my medical history. Um, I live with a blood disorder. I'm in remission at the moment, but I do have a blood disorder. And so of course I'm nervous. I don't know. Uh, there are a lot of things I'm not allowed to take. There are certain normal painkillers I'm not allowed to take. There are normal um, HRT treatments I'm not allowed to take. There are normal um, antidepressants I'm not allowed to take, etc, etc. There are normal um, quinine, I'm not supposed to even have tonic with gin and things like that because of the blood disorder. And so um, I don't take anything generally unless it has been checked with the consultant and they've given in London the okay for me to have those. So of course I'm nervous, what does this mean? Equally, I'm very nervous, as many of you know, that I get anxious about health issues um, because of my past and my son's past and all the rest of it, I suffer from anxiety with health issues. So I'm equally nervous of the COVID and what that would do to my lungs or the children's or my husband's. He's 63. Um, so, and I don't think I've got any more anxiety than anybody else about COVID. We're all nervous of it, understandably so. It's the unknown. How will it hit us or our loved ones? How would it? Uh, we hear terrible stories, don't we? And so I'm nervous of COVID, equally nervous of um, the vaccine because at the moment it's unknown. However, um, first of all, I would I draw reassurance very much so from the fact that I worked in pharmaceuticals for seven or eight years or so. And I know from my experience in pharmaceuticals how stringent it is to get any drug on the market, any drug passed by all of the um, authorities and um, to get approved, to get approval. It is incredibly stringent and I know that this um, is no different. It's absolutely no different. And it has had to comply with all of the stringent um, procedures and safety checks and criteria. So first of all, I draw huge reassurance from that. Um, and so I'm grateful actually for my experience um, in pharmaceuticals because I, I know that it will, the majority of drugs don't make it to market. They, they're lost along the way because of different um, 
you know, the, the, the toughness of all of these um, policies and the fact that these have is really reassuring. It's not just one either, it's several, and they, they're all very similar, with very similar findings, very similar mode of action. And that is the, um, because the scientific community have pulled together and shared information and all the genome information and so on. Um, I also know that they have been working on this from the moment they knew about COVID. And um, so this has been going on behind the scenes for a very long time. So um, I feel reassured by that. Now, again, repeated along the way in the episodes that I've done previously in the podcast, information is power. We feel so much better the more information we have about something. We feel more secure about it. it and so I would say to you, if you're nervous um, about the vaccine, then find out about it, understand about it, go to reputable resource um, and ask about it, fact find, not things like the Sun or the Daily Mail or um, Instagram and stuff like that where there's fake news, proper reputable places, ask questions. We have um, a consultant, and a GP specialist and a nurse who is actually involved in the vaccine program. All three of them are on our book club Zoom um, club in our book Zoom book club. All of them um, talk about it and how safe it is, and will be having the vaccine when they're given the chance, and etc. So that that's reassuring because they're my friends and they're people I trust. However, recently my son and I were up in London at his. Um, uh, for those regular followers will know that my son has been under Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital for the last four years or so and has had seven um, procedures, seven surgeries, major surgeries at Great Ormond Street um, for a large facial, well, kind of in his skull, in his head, um, tumour that he's had to have removed and then eye surgery as a result as well to sort out damage that they accidentally and um, couldn't avoid doing in order to get the tumour out. Um, so he's had major surgery and he, he is under a phenomenal team, a phenomenal uh, ENT surgeon, uh, probably one of the leading ones in the world on this surgery. Um, and my son highly respects him. But my son is now of that age, a teenager. He's influenced by Instagram and his friends and all the rest of it. And my son is very sceptical about the, um, the vaccine, predominantly because um, they don't like being told what to do and controlled by the government. So there's a, a, an element of rebellion there. Anyhow, we were up in the hospital having his MRI and his consultancy appointment recently. And it was really quiet in there. Usually the waiting room is absolutely full of pushchairs and little ones and parents and anguished parents, etc. And it's crazy in there. This was completely empty. They were ready for us, waiting for us, actually, because he was delayed on the MRI. And um, they were all in the room, his consultant, his two registrars and the consultant anaesthetist. And for anybody that knows about medicine and hospitals, uh, anaesthetists are highly trained as well. They actually run the intensive care units in hospitals in, um, in the UK. So they are very, very, very trained, highly specialised people. 
Um, and they were all in the room, I think probably having a bit of a go slow because it was so quiet in the hospital. And they were, they gave us lots of time and were chatting and it was very lighthearted and it was just before Christmas and a nice, nice relaxed atmosphere. And so my son said to them, what, what do you think of this vaccine then? Because he respects them and he asked them. And it was incredibly useful and interesting. They all said yes they would be having it it's extremely safe there are no new components to the vaccine um, and they've been testing it from the, the word go with the covid and recording all the safety data from the very outset which is not what they normally do normally they they play with a drug and they trial it a bit and they see and eventually if they think they've hit on something they'll then start the process of all the safety data because they knew there was a race against time all the scientific communities here across the world have been recording from the outset all of the the data, the, the safety data, the efficacy, etc. So the recording of it all started much, much sooner. Um, and the anaesthetist, the highly specialised, qualified one, um, said to him, I'm a bit of a nerd. I love reading all of the, I read in depth all of the trials. She had really researched this and gone into great depth and read most of the trials and scientific data behind it. And that I found really reassuring. Um, that, you know, she was reassuring him that it's safe, that there's no new components in it, that it's been tried and tested, that nothing has been short changed and nothing has been um, fast tracked, um, that it's followed exactly the route that it, all drugs take, nothing has been any different or any less or, or, or more lenient or any less rigid than any other drug um, and put his mind at rest. And then he said, oh, yes, but in the Oxford trial, one person died, didn't they? Implying that it was dangerous. And she then explained that that person, um, he was actually a doctor, I believe. He was he was in the control group and he died of COVID. Um, so he was receiving the, the placebo. He wasn't receiving the, the vaccine. Um, so there is a lot of fake news out there and it's very, very damaging. So I would say to you as well, uh, also for more reassurance because of my own personal health issues, um, I have also looked into whether with my, my blood disorder, my consultant recommends that we as a patient group are able to have the vaccine and she has confirmed that yes, yes, it's perfectly in fact, encourages us to have it as soon as we can, um, unless we've had a treatment, a particular treatment that we have in the last six months. If we've had that particular treatment, you don't, you don't need to know the name of it. Um, if we've received that within six months, we can't have the vaccine, predominantly because that treatment makes us neutropenic or with no immune system at all. It, um, so we have to wait for the six month window to go and then we can have it. And that's the only thing that, you know, she of course will look at all of us individually, but what I'm saying here is if you have a health issue and you're not sure about it, then contact your specialist, contact the people that know your medical history and ask. If you're worried about safety and the vaccine generally, then again, contact somebody that knows. Contact a medical professional and talk to them. Talk to your GP. Uh, get reassurance. Ask questions. Don't 
read fake news about it. Don't listen to neighbours or your brother-in-law that says so-and-so and so-and-so, whatever it is. Don't listen to people like that. They are, some people love feeding negativity and um, worries and um, all of this rubbish about um, implanting microchips. <laughs> Actually, as the consultant said, um, many of us carry our phones around and they've got microchips they know exactly where we are what we're purchasing what we're looking at and so on and so on and yet we're happy to do that um and also he said to my son as a teenager that of course teenagers often they put botox in their bodies they sometimes take illegal drugs that haven't been researched to any near extent that this vaccine has hasn't got the data the trials um and the safety um, information so it's ironic that a lot of teenagers are, are nervous of it um, when in fact it's been far more tested than a lot of the products that they're sometimes, not all of them, I don't mean to overgeneralise. But what I'm saying is, and I'm not trying to influence any, anybody at all, but my opinion is now that I've, information is power, now that I've found the information that's relevant to me, my medical history, etc. I've asked questions that were bothering me of people that know what they're talking about and people that I trust. Uh, people that I know have got no vested interest in saying this um, and have just passed on information that they've researched, that they know, etc, etc, from their own expertise and their own understanding and knowledge and experience and medical experience. So find out proper information, ask the questions that are bothering you and then make an informed choice. And actually, you know, what, what choice do we have? Because if the majority of people don't have this vaccination, we're going to stay in this. We're going to stay in COVID. We're going to stay in with this pandemic. We're going to stay going in and out of this tier and that tier and this lockdown and that lockdown. And we're going to keep losing relatives and we're going to keep living in fear and have to watch everything we do and, and be restrained and not be able to do this, this and this and live our lives and have another Christmas affected and potentially another Christmas affected. The only way that end goal I described of theatres and holidays and travel and restaurants and just going to each other's houses and sitting there with a cup of tea and a piece of cake and just chatting in a relaxed way, those little things that mean so much and going to work and getting our jobs back and getting our economy back and hugging our loved ones, the only way we're ever going to be able to do that is by getting this pandemic behind us. And that is in the short term, watching our behaviour and being responsible and making some short term losses in order to make the long term gains and also to medically get this vaccine if we all can and if we feel happy to do that, then we should because it's the only way we're going to get our economy back uh, our education system back, our NHS back working properly and all the other illnesses being able to be treated properly and addressed and all our health back to normal, all of it, whether it's COVID or other illnesses, um, everything's suffering, everything. We need to get our lives back. Teenagers need to be out there socialising and at university. Young single people need to be out there dating and meeting the, the love of their life and trying for families and... Um, elderly need to be able to see their grandchildren and we just need to get our lives back and, and that's the only way we're ever going to do it is if we make those losses and make those decisions and fact find and um, yeah pull together as a human race 
across the world. And we can get there, it is possible. We've got so much to celebrate with so much success in terms of treatments and scientific um, discoveries that, that we're, we're almost there. And as they say, you know, sometimes it's the end that's the hardest. It's that actually going back to the marathon that is the worst bit. The bit where I know, in any run actually, when I know I'm nearly at the finish, mentally I switch off and think, oh, I can't be asked, can't be bothered. And that's sometimes the hardest bit is the last bit. But very quickly you're over that finish line and you feel so proud and so relieved and so high. Um, because you know you've put in a lot of work and it was worth it and you got there in the end and we will get there in the end. So for Christmas this year, um, it's gonna be a toughie, but it doesn't have to be as tough as we're assuming. We don't have to feed ourselves that media negative hype. We could turn that off. We can reach out to our loved ones. We can use electronic uh, ways of, of seeing them on Zoom and WhatsApp and FaceTime. Um, watch comedy, watch, read books, go outside for lots of walks, listen to upbeat music, listen, cheer yourself up, go for the positive, go for upbeatness, don't dwell on what might have been or what you could be doing. It's just a few days and it won't last forever. Just get through each day, just get through Christmas day, then think that's behind me. Next Christmas will be so much better. Just look forward to the end goal. Keep, like the Auschwitz survivor, keep thinking about the end goal and what it will be like next Christmas and your holiday and the job that you're going to get or the business that you're going to set up or all of those things and loved ones that you will be with. Just keep thinking about that and look forward to it. And every day we're closer to it. So let's just get this Christmas behind us. We need to just get through it and stay laughing and watch old comedies and watch old things that make you laugh and just mentally take care of yourself knowing that this is short term. And, and if we do do that and we are sensible and we are responsible, um, we will get our lives back so, so much quicker, so much sooner. Um, so we're all in this together. Don't forget, we're all in this together worldwide. Um, we can do it. It's just a few days. We got through the wars. We get through tough times. We can get through this. We've got to just toughen up, get through it, keep smiling, keep each other sane, look out for each other, stick together, connect. Don't go down the negative route. Don't feed it. Don't search for it. Don't dwell on it. Don't watch the news. Just get through, laugh, have a little drink, play games. Um, write, write your journal, um, whatever you want to do, decorate, whatever you have to do, get through it, come out the other side and we will be all right. Nothing lasts forever. We'll come through this. We'll come through this stronger, more, you, more together and more empathetic, I hope. So just stay sane, <laughs> keep smiling. You know you can contact me, drop me an email, drop me a message. I'm just at the end of an email. Go to the website www milestone-coaching.co.uk um, do contact me and I will message you back I promise if you've got no one to contact you can contact me I assure you of that um, and now I just need to end by wishing you if you're listening to this in real time if you're not ignoring this message but if you are listening to this in real time I do wish you a very happy Christmas I hope there is some happiness there um, 
and I hope it goes quickly and we can get it behind us and we can come out the other side of this. And maybe you're listening to this and we are out the other side and you can smile wryly knowing there is hope on the horizon. It won't be long. (laughs) That would be great. That's what I'm going to imagine. So take care of yourselves. Stay strong. Stay optimistic. Look after yourselves and stay happy. And I'll talk to you on next week's episode of Life Coaching on the Move when Christmas is behind us. Take care now. Thank you.